0: Hello and welcome to Nebraska Prep Zone Report, a podcast from the World Herald. We are sponsored today by MD West One, Nebraska's most advanced sports medicine, orthopedics, neurosurgery, and spine care, covering Greater Omaha for over 70 years. I'm your host, Jake Anderson. Joining me again is Mike Patterson. Mike, we are glad to have you for some volleyball today.
1: Hi, Jake. Long time no see. I know, it's been a while.
0: We have a lot to get to today. And we are previewing the state volleyball tournament as part of our state coverage. We'll have another podcast later this week for football. But, Mike, it's a loaded bracket this year. Every single class, I was looking at it this weekend. And we've had two days to digest it. It came out Saturday night. What's your overall thoughts?
1: Well, I'd agree with what you just said, Jake. Um, I was looking at all the brackets today in uh, anticipation of my long-awaited prediction column. (laughs) And, you know... A lot of times I can look at the six brackets and I'll think, okay, I, I, I feel pretty good about three, maybe four of these. But, uh, you know, this year I, I'd say maybe I feel really good about one and mm-hmm. that's kind of iffy. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I think that's just goes back to the well-balanced nature of the tournament and the... Uh, the format these days where they play that last round of districts on Saturday, kind of that last chance to play, you know, everybody but Class A plays that. So mm-hmm. I, I think that helps guarantee that we're going to have a great field again this year.
0: I was looking at it, and in my amateur, I was like, oh, well, a lot of these, oh, the one seed, that's the obvious favorite. But I was looking at it, and I'm like, a lot of these, the five seed could end up
1: winning it. Not just the five seed, the eight seed. Mm-hmm. You know, in, I know we're going to talk bracket. about Class A, and uh, – like I said, sometimes Class A, it's like, okay, I, I think that team is mm-hmm. maybe just a little better than everybody else. And of course, for the most part, and we'll get into this, this year it was Papillion La Vista, but uh, look who the number eight seed is in yep. Class A, and you tell me that Millard North doesn't have a chance to win this thing. So let's uh, let's, let's talk about Class let's, A.
0: Yeah, let's dive right into it. My note here, Papillion La Vista, Millard North, everyone loses, except for the fans.
1: Well... It's a difficult situation, as we know, Jake, that mm-hmm. uh, Millard North was forced to uh, forfeit 14 wins because of using an ineligible player. And, uh, you know, when that happened, that not only put Millard North in a tough situation, but it put a lot of Class A teams in a tough situation. Um, I'm, I'm going back to the Metro tournament, and yep. Millard South played Millard North first round, and Millard South got beat. Millard West played in the second round, Millard West got beat. Uh, moving ahead to the districts, Marion was the unfortunate team that Millard North dropped into, and uh, Marion lost that very compelling five-setter, Yep. and uh, as a result, Marion won't be going back to state for the first time since 2000. So, um, I think we have to put an asterisk by that one on, on Marion not making yep. it to state this year because it w- really was extenuating circumstances. But when a 10 and 24 team is in the bracket, I think there are a few asterisks to be handed out. <laughs> right. You, you know, I'm just guessing, but I'm that's probably the quote unquote worst record of any team <laughs> in any class <laughs> down there. But uh, maybe uh, the best 10 and 24 team in the nation because <laughs> Millard North is really tough. They're playing really yep. well later in the season when McKenna Ruck came back from uh, the broken finger she suffered early in the season. And uh, that um, that first match, you could say that that might be a state championship match right there. I, yeah. A lot of the other Class A teams probably have something to say about that. But uh, you know Papio has been number one all season long. They finally lost one match in the Metro Tournament. So 36-1, and one, they've been great all season. And Millard North, like we said, definitely not yeah. a ten and twenty-four team. They should be twenty-four and ten, and uh, you know, really, they shouldn't be a number eight seed, but they yeah. are. So that's just the way it is. So
0: and having that happen to your team can already be a galvanizing force because it's oh, it's us against them, and then you get McKenna Ruckback, who's one of the state's
1: top three best players. Right, right. I, you know, can I think we,
0: can we pencil that winner into the state title <laughs> game?
1: I don't think we can quite do that, but. Uh, I think, like you said, it's almost become a rallying point for them and that uh, you know they had to fight off a match point at mm-hmm. Marion in the district final. So to come that close to not making it is, is really to the Mustangs' credit that they were able to fight through and win that. Now, can we pencil that team in to the final? I probably would say no. And, mm-hmm. again, it goes back to the balanced nature of this Class A yeah. field. And I look at that other half uh, on that top part of the bracket, you've got Gretna playing Millard West – Gretna began the season with a win at Millard North. Uh, the Dragons have been really good all season long, and, and Millard West, the Wildcats, they've been solid too. So I definitely would give the winner of that match a shot at either Papio or Millard North.
0: Yeah, and then the other side of the bracket, the first thing in Class A that caught my eye, well, after Papio and Millard North, a potential pious Elkhorn South semifinal. And we're not. I'm not saying that Papio South, Titans are always tough and Millard South are slouches, a Pius Elkhorn South semifinal would rival that, could rival that Papio-Millard North game.
1: Right. You know, that could be, uh, in some people's minds, that could be the two top, two of the top Mm -hmm. teams right there. Elkhorn South's been number two almost all season long in Class A. They just won the Metro Tournament. Riley Gray, Nebraska recruit, and others, very good team there. And Pius, last year's runner-up. The Thunderbolts have had a a very solid season, 29-6. and They've almost flown under the radar just a little bit because of the great things that Papio has done this season. But I've seen Pius play enough times in any sport down at the state tournament. They bring uh, every kid in school to support them. (laughs) They're going to have that great support, I'm sure, all the way through the tournament. So, um, yeah, Papio South and Millard South will have their hands full in the the first round, but, uh, again... Class A, really balanced.
0: Yeah. We've covered every team here, and your picks column is coming later this week. I believe it'll be in Tuesday's paper. But if you had to pick not the winner here, but a favorite and an underdog.
1: Well, Jake, I think you still have to stay with Papio as the favorite. 36-1, and number one all season long. We'll see how they do against Miller North. That's going to be a very tough first rounder, as we've mentioned. But uh, I I think they still, they're the number one seed, top ranked, only lost once all season long. Granted, that was late in the season to Papio South. But they still deserve that favorite role. As far as a quote-unquote underdog, uh, boy, I don't know if you call a number four seed an underdog. I think Gretna is a very dangerous team. And, uh, you know, I'll go down to number seven, Papio South. Yeah. They've been doing some really good things the last couple weeks. Only team to be able to beat Papio this season. They went into Millard South and won that district. So the Titans are playing really well. So I think you could look at them as a possible underdog.
0: I don't think it would shock anyone if they were in the state title game. Wouldn't shock me. No. Knock off Elkhorn South. I mean, they already beat the number one seed. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to this bracket. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to every bracket, including Class B. And all season, we've been saying the Skyhawks, they're going to be right there. Just put them in the state title game. Scott doesn't have an easy path to the title.
1: No, they don't. Um, I, I would be surprised if they struggled with Hastings in that first round. Uh, that would set up a semifinal against either Platview or Norris. Norris has probably been the third-best team in Class mm-hmm. B this season, behind a team we'll probably mention in just a little bit. And Platteview's had uh, one of their best seasons in a long, long time. So – Um, I still would be very surprised if the Skyhawks don't make it to that championship match. But like you said, it's, uh, it's not exactly an easy path.
0: And then the other side, the team that we're thinking of, Waverly here, they don't have an easy path either. They're the number two seed. They'll face Grand Island Northwest, a very tough seven seed. And then the other match there, Sydney against Omaha Duchenne. And you saw Omaha Duchenne this weekend.
1: Right. I saw him in the district final on Saturday against uh, Seward. They took care of business at home, one and three straight. Um, veteran team for Duchenne, I think that showed up. Seward only had one senior. And uh, the Cardinals just really took it to them from the start. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Duchenne against Sydney that could be a really good first-round match. Sydney's mm-hmm. one of those teams that's got a great record, A lot of times we're not really sure how how they're going to fare until we see them down state tournament, but I've heard good things about them this season. So that could be a good one, and we mentioned Waverly. They've been the second-best team in Class B behind Scott. Grand Island Northwest, tremendous tradition there. Been there for years and years, so another great first-rounder. I I think I've got to give the edge to – they're both the Vikings. I'll give the edge to the Waverly (laughs) Vikings there. They've – Coach Terry New Year's done a really nice job this season. They had a couple of transfers come in that solidified their uh, their team this season. So uh, I, I look for Waverly to move on and uh, kind of skipping ahead. I'm, I'm probably gonna predict a Scott Waverly one-two yep. matchup in that final because they've been one-two all season long.
0: That's the one that everyone's been looking for. We mentioned it last week with football. This is another one that everyone's been looking forward to Scott Waverly in the football playoffs this would be an underrated volleyball well not underrated for me but underrated for a lot of people good matchup scott waverly if it happens
1: right like you said switch over to football and those those two teams uh, could be on a collision course too so um good rivalry great rivalry between those two schools
0: so we've mentioned the favorites waverly sydney obviously scott who's the underdog here
1: Oh, looking at the uh, bracket, I, I guess I'll go down, like you said, I was there seeing them on uh, Saturday, but Duchenne mm-hmm. has really been good the last few years, um, I think they've been to state five years now in a row, their coach Andrew Worley's done a really nice job, I could see Duchenne uh, winning that first rounder against Sydney, and then, uh, you know, they might give, uh, I'm I'm expecting Waverly to advance in that semifinal and Hopefully Waverly's not looking past uh, possible Duchenne to Omaha Scutt because, uh, you know, Duchenne has got some quality players there too. So as an underdog and a number six seed, I guess I'd go with the Cardinals.
0: We'll see what happens. Jumping to Class C1 here, a pattern. I'm going to be a broken record here. The number one seed has a tough path to the title. They're the lone undefeated team in the bracket, St. Paul, 33-0. and 0. We talked about them a little bit last week. What do you think are their chances of getting to that title
1: game? Lone undefeated team in the state. Mm-hmm. And only team that hasn't lost a set. That's my favorite stat. Perhaps in all of America. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that is just so, so out there for me to think that they didn't, they didn't lose one set the whole season. And, you know, they played some good teams along yeah. the way. So. But, uh, yeah, St. Paul, I think right off the bat, they've got a tough one with Battle Creek. And uh, the winner of that would play either Wayne or Broken Bow, and that's two quality teams right there too. So, uh, like you said, in theory, the number one seed has a little easier path Mm -hmm. along the way. That's why they are the number one seed. They've deserved it. They've earned it over the season. But uh, St. Paul is going to be tested, and here's where we go with they're undefeated. Is that going to be a little added pressure for them at the state tournament? Um, I've seen it before. I've spoken with their coach, and he said that they've handled every challenge so far this season, and the fact that they haven't dropped a set yet. He said that uh, you know they've had some sets that were tight at 18, tight at 19, and they've still been able to pull on through, so he said that's a tribute to their... Ability to focus on every point, and boy, you sure need that at the state tournament. So yeah, we'll see what St. Paul uh, can do at state. They've had a great season, but I'm looking at a couple teams looming on the other half of that bracket yep. that uh, that could pose a barrier for them.
0: And before we get to the other half of that bracket, maybe the best number five seed of the tournament,
1: Broken Bow. Right. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, let's see, yep, 32-2. and two. And they have defeated Wahoo this year. That's the one that really got my attention. Wahoo, the two-time defending champion. And, um, you know, I think they're going to be one of the tough teams again yep. this year. Um, yeah, like, like you said, Broken Bow, a great season. The Indians taking on Wayne that first match. We'll see how they do.
0: And then the other half of the bracket, we mentioned them. Wahoo, 28-3 and 3 against Norfolk Catholic. Lincoln Lutheran against Chadron
1: right and i'm looking at two specific teams there i just mentioned one is wahoo and the other mm-hmm. one's lincoln lutheran it seems like in the recent past last few years they keep playing in the uh, state tournament either for the championship or in the semifinals. and they're two uh two great rivals um wahoo graduated two of their top players uh, the coach's daughter ellie larson and uh six four inside kyla swanson anytime you lose a 6'4 player yeah middle you're going to miss her but they've done a really nice job of uh bouncing back from that they're 28 and three and lincoln lutheran you can't say that to school without mentioning mariah buss who is going to finish her career as the number two overall in kills in the state behind kyla Rorig, played for papio um, so I, there's no way that she can catch her unless she averages about 40 or 50 <laughs> kills in three games at state. But, uh, you know, Mariah's had a, a great career. One thing missing on her resume is that state championship. She'll be going on to Wichita State next year. Great career at Lincoln Lutheran. But, uh, you know, Wahoo Lincoln Lutheran looming on that other side, and, and I'm thinking probably will play in that semifinal in the winter maybe to move on against St. Paul. Yeah.
0: What do you think are the chances Bus could get that title this year?
1: I think it's uh, I think it's definite possibility. Um, Lincoln Lutheran, like I said, one of the top teams. They uh, they're very close to Wahoo, so it always seems to come down to at state tournament. There's just one point, two points, and just a little bit of momentum swinging one way or the other can can make all the difference. So. Uh, here's where we'll see how uh, Wahoo being the two-time defending Mm -hmm. champion, several players back, how much is that going to help them if they do make it to that semifinal against Lincoln Lutheran. Lincoln Lutheran, probably the hungrier team, haven't uh, won that title, got bus. Who knows uh, once she graduates if Lincoln Lutheran will get back to this point. We'll have to wait until next year to say that. But uh, I definitely give uh, Lincoln Lutheran a chance to – to maybe win all of C1. All right, Mike, who's our underdog here? Well, let me uh, look over this bracket again. And uh, we probably mentioned uh, one of them, Jake, which was Broken Bow. They've got a player named Velasic who's really good. She's got 400 kills this year. She just uh, went over 1,000 in her career in both uh, kills and digs. Broken Bow 32-2, and two, as we mentioned. They've beaten Wahoo this season, so that tells me quite a bit. Let's go with that number five seed, Broken Bow, as a possible, uh, possible under-the-radar team.
0: All right, and before we get to our last three classes here, I want to take a minute and again thank our sponsor, MD West 1, Nebraska's most advanced sports medicine, orthopedics, neurosurgery, and spine care, covering greater Omaha for over 70 years, mdwest1.com. C2, another loaded bracket. My note here, any of the top four seeds could win the title.
1: I would definitely agree with that, Jake. I might go even deeper than that. Uh, Wahoo Newman is sitting there at a number five seed. We know they've always been uh, really good in Class C1, dropping Mm -hmm. down to C2 this year. And, uh, you know, there's a couple other teams that are even down lower than that. But I I think if you really want to zero in on on who you think probably has the best shot at winning it, probably one of those top four. Yep. And the two
0: seed, Superior, my question here, I'm going to put you on the spot. Does Superior have the best player in the state tournament in any class?
1: I would say one of the best. <laughs> <laughs> Kalen Meyer is a great player, but when you got uh, Lindsey Krause playing for Omaha Scut, mm-hmm. and she was playing for uh, Team USA and playing in Egypt at the start of the season, it's really hard to dismiss that. So, And there are other great players out there. We mentioned Mariah Buss and and. various others in in class no
0: disrespect to all all of the great players yes
1: kaylin meyer is a great player i do not dispute that and a great athlete two-time world herald athlete of the year that's only been done once before she's uh possibly going to be the first athlete to do that three times in a row which is just no no spoiler alerts staggering no i'm not ready to (laughs) give it to anybody yet because we're not even through with volleyball season yet but uh you know superior and and uh here's the thing about superior Kalen's a great player but her little sister is very good too mm-hmm. she's had uh i think she's second on the team in kills and she's not that far behind her big sister so uh she yeah. had a
0: strong showing at the state track meet last right, year as well
1: right or spring their height uh, gives a lot of team problems at the class C2 level you know with Kalen out there at 63 uh, thing about superior they won it two years ago they didn't win it last year so they've got a little added incentive this year so i, I think superior um tough first match against wisner pilger uh veteran uh, coach jean growth um has done a really nice job over her career but i think uh superior i believe and then you know if superior wins that one grand island central catholic might be waiting mm-hmm. in the semifinals, and again talk about a veteran coach Sharon Zavala, the only one who has more mm-hmm. than 1,000 career wins. So um, if any two coaches are going to cook up something to try to keep Superior out of that final, it's probably those two. But, uh, yeah, Superior going to be tough, but we better talk about that other half of the bracket too.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm looking at Hastings-St. Cecilia right there. The, the, I think this is the latest we've gone into any bracket without talking about the number one seed, and that is no slight to St. Cecilia.
1: Right, 32-3. and three great athletes out there in in all sports we mentioned saint cecilia before i believe they went to state last year as a number six seed they're maybe a year away they uh they didn't win at all i believe uh blue hill came through and confounded me that was the only one of the six (laughs) brackets that i that i didn't uh predict last year but uh yeah blue hill didn't make it this season but uh saint cecilia going to be very tough and and um they, they would If they can pass that first test, they would be playing the uh, winner of the uh, Norfolk Lutheran Northeast, as we like to call them, mm-hmm. Lutheran High Northeast, as uh, the NSAA calls them, <laughs> and uh, Wahoo Newman. So that's uh, a that's pretty, pretty good uh, first round or two. But, uh, you know, if I had to go out on a limb, Jake, I'd probably be skipping ahead and say the top two seeds, St. Cecilia and Superior, probably a collision course in that final. That would be another fantastic
0: final. Moving on to Class D1 here. Broken record. Again, another loaded class. And I'm, I looked at the bracket last night, and I picked out the mouth-watering potential semifinals. And granted, top four seeds, so I'm not going out on a limb. But how great would this be? Number one, Pleasanton, 30-1, and one, against the defending champions, number four, Fremont Bergen, 28-11. and 11, and then on the other side, number two Diller Odell, thirty-three and one against number three CWC, thirty and two. You
1: know, it's pretty rare to get to this point in the season, Jake. When you're talking about teams that only have one loss, mm-hmm. no losses, two losses. So uh, again, that speaks to the quality of the uh, volleyball in this state through all the classes. And Pleasanton, the number one seed, like you said, thirty and one. I'd have to think that they're going to uh, defeat Central Valley in that first round. And if they do, Bergen's got a tough matchup against Overton in their first rounder. And, uh, you know, when we were talking about records, Bergen's record is 28 and 11. To the uninitiated, you might think, oh, that's not very impressive. But they play a very tough schedule, toughest in D1. And, uh, you know, their longtime coach, Sue Wewell, I was just speaking with her uh, yesterday and she said that that uh, tough schedule is one of the reasons why she has a good feeling about uh, hopefully the Knights repeating this year because they have played that tough schedule. They are the defending champions. They lost three very quality players from last year that graduated, so they've had to fill those holes. But, uh, you know, Bergen and Pleasanton in one semifinal would be an incredibly good semifinal. could be a final any other year, and uh, the other half of the bracket, you mentioned Diller Odell and possibly CWC, and and that's two more really good teams. Diller Odell been uh, ranked number one much of the season, uh, 33 and one, so they loom as uh, I, I think maybe the the best team on that other half of the bracket. I don't really know how a Pleasanton Bergen semifinal, if it comes to that, would turn out. I, yeah, you know, I told you I'm I'm kind of working on my prediction column and. I, I put some thought into these things, and it's like, you know, on the one hand, you got all the intangibles of Pleasanton, the top seed, and only lost once. And on the other hand, you got the defending champ and the and the tough schedule. So uh, it's not easy to try and hash this stuff out.
0: There's a reason you do it and not me. <laughs> all right. So anytime you pencil in the top four seeds into the semifinals, it happens every year. Where's the upset?
1: Well, let's uh, let's go down to number six, Hardington Cedar Catholic, another school with a lot of tremendous tradition. Uh, CWC Chambers Wheeler Central has a has a better record, thirty and two. Cedar Catholic, again, you look at that record, eighteen and twelve, but again, a very tough schedule. I don't think it would surprise me if Cedar Catholic can uh, can make it through that game. So then, uh, of course, they'd have to face possibly Dillard Odell in the semifinals. So. We uh, we will see about that, but I'd say possibly Cedar Catholic and uh, you know I think Overton could give Bergen a, a good test in that first round too. So you know a lot of it, Jake, is yes our predictions, but <laughs> when you got the bright lights of the state tournament down there, you're just never really sure how these teams are yeah. going to deal with it. And I think it is a big advantage to the teams that have been through it and that have a, some returning players coming back that that can remember what last year was like and. Because uh, sometimes it really shows if a team has never been there or hasn't been there in a long, long time. And it's like, uh, and I don't blame them. For (laughs) some some of
0: these smaller schools, if they haven't been to the state tournament before, they're not going to some of these larger tournaments. This is their first time in this environment. Right,
1: right. And, you know, even uh, playing in a big arena, it can throw off the depth perception. Mm -hmm. I know the Class A coaches have told me that they like the fact that the uh, Metro tournament is played at the Ralston Arena because it gives the players a chance to play in that large Good facility, prep. right. And um, yeah, the depth perception's a little bit different and when the ball's floating over on serves, it seems to do something a little bit different. So uh, yeah, that's uh, again, some of the intangibles of the state tourney. All
0: right, our final class here. And my leadoff question, a 21, or 29
1: and one team is the number four seed? Right, speaking of Garden County, so uh, yeah, I don't know what to say other than the fact that's uh, that's what it is, and of course these are the the seeds are uh, based on the wild card points. So yep. someone smarter than you and I <laughs> has figured out that maybe Garden County's schedule hasn't been quite as tough as some of these other teams that have played. So that's why a 29 and one team is seated fourth but yeah we'll see if uh that can often work as incentive you know hey you're not going to respect us with that (laughs) 29 and 1 record we're going to show you at the state tournament so we'll see what garden county can do all right who's the favorite in this one number one seed lawrence nelson 29 and 4 i would say a very slight favorite i uh I've gone back and forth on this one. This is another one on the uh, old prediction column that I, <laughs> I've been, pardon my expression, stewing about. But, uh, you know, Lawrence Nelson is the top seed, and uh, BDS has been our number one team most of the season. They're down on the other half of the bracket. They're seated third. And um, I think I had BDS number one, and then Lawrence Nelson beat them in substate. So then I had to put Lawrence Nelson back up. They're going to be number one in our next ratings uh spoiler alert there but uh yeah Lawrence Nelson the top seed um why not the number two seed on the other half of the bracket BDS the number three seed and our good friends Garden County at 29 and one can't forget them but uh I think we've talked about this before Jake that D2 always seems to be the most unpredictable maybe because of what we were talking about as far as the big tournament atmosphere the lights you got d2 schools very small schools that aren't a lot of them aren't used to playing in in that situation maybe haven't been there before so you're never really sure how they're going to react so i think that might add to some of the unpredictability of d2 speaking of that unpredictability who's the underdog where's where are our upsets coming well uh i'm going to look at uh a number five seed humphrey st francis they're playing Garden County. Yep. So uh, St. Francis is 22 and 4, another school that's got a lot of tradition. They're there regularly, and I think maybe that could play to their advantage. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if St. Francis can pull that upset in the first round. And I'm going to go down to the uh, number seven seed, another team that seems to get there every year Fall City Sacred Heart. Uh, 21 and 13, tough schedule. They bring a lot of fans from fall city uh why not i think of them more for their basketball their girls basketball uh success they've won several championships um and led to some classic headlines right yeah that's right that's <laughs> right you can always have a little fun with the the why not and and that but uh that doesn't uh dismiss what they no. do Athletically, and they they just seem to keep getting back there every year. Like I said, not so much volleyball, but for sure in, in girls basketball, which tells me they got some. Usually, it's at the D two level. It's mostly the same athletes playing volleyball and girls basketball. So I know why not has the athletes, but uh, Sacred Heart has a great tradition, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they could pull that upset off the, over the number two seed. Definitely. Well, I want to thank you
0: for joining us these past two weeks. I feel fully prepped for this state tournament that is filled with fantastic athletes. I know we say that every year. If you want some good quality volleyball, and Nebraska fans know good quality volleyball, or the state of Nebraska does, check out the state tournament in Lincoln. Check out Mike Patterson's coverage. Where can they follow you on Twitter?
1: Uh, M Patterson, O-W-H, Jake. And they can uh, find me updating not only the the matches that I'm at, but at, uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena or the Divani or whatever but we try to try to get updates on on a lot of the other matches too so that's uh, that's the place to be and we'll have coverage
0: com until next time thanks for listening